Welcome to Good Stories. I am Joey Womack, founder of Goody Nation. And the next episode in this series is called Even the Startups Are Bigger in Texas. But now, let's go a little bit west, y'all. Let's go a little bit west. Let's go to Texas. And so we have some awesome founders in the building from Texas um, who are doing their thing. And so there, there's a phrase I've heard about folks in Texas, that everything's bigger in Texas. And what I can tell you is that uh, I've been super impressed with folks in the startup ecosystem, with founders um, from the state of Texas. And so we got some dope people here. We may have a few other folks join us along the way. And um, let's let's start with some intros. All right. Let's start with a little bit of intros. And so first, I'm going to kick it over to uh, Gigi and let's let's go with just simply, you know, name, name of the company, one, two sentence description um, of the company itself and then where you're checking in from. Hello, everyone. I am Gigi McDowell, the founder and CEO of Fitfully. We are based in Dallas, Texas, and we are a virtual wedding planning studio that automates every single thing when it comes to wedding planning from engagement all the way to down the aisle. Uh, we're saving couples now over 80% on professional planning services, but we've also created a way for wedding planners and vendors to earn money in their spare time. So that's me. That's Fitfully. Awesome. Don? Hello, everyone, and, and thanks for putting this together, Joey. I know you had a long day, but uh, my name is Don Ward. I'm the CEO of Longest Corporation Digital based out of Austin, Texas, and we use uh, precision technology, specifically artificial intelligence and IoT, to help hoteliers manage their inventory and reduce their overall operating expenses. So going forward. Nice, 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 nice. And, and last but not least, we got got my guy Nate here. And so, you know, Nate's been, so it's we're alert, Nate's spent time in Atlanta. And so he has an interesting view. I, I, I believe he has an interesting view about, you know, ecosystems supporting entrepreneurs, particularly of color in a few different kind of places. So Nate, do a quick intro. Hey, I appreciate the, the invite, Joey. It's uh, great to be here. Uh, name's Nathan Jones. Um, Found a business called Morning Tea. We are a uh, community-based studio investing in culture, hospitality, and some uh, technology, real estate-oriented solutions. Nice, 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 nice. And so then we did, we also have Dennis with us. Dennis, you want to do a quick intro? Yep. Hey, Joey. Hey, guys. Good to see you guys again. Dennis Kale, CEO, co-founder here at Zertu. We are the world's first relationship-based lending application to formalize and simplify loans between friends and family. And we automate the repayment process. We take the awkwardness out of it so you don't have to ruin your relationships. And we also bake in a little bit of bill pay transparency to make sure the money you're lending is actually going toward the intended purpose. So glad to be with you guys today. Now, and where are you checking in from? Dallas, Texas. Nice, 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 nice. Cool. So we got, you know, a, a nice kind of cross section of Texas. Not, not everywhere is covered, but it's cool. It's cool. Um, so I want to dig a little bit into you all story before we start talking about, you know, what it's like to build a, a startup in your particular city or state. Right. So, Gigi, I want to kick it back to you. You know, what's that origin story like? How did you get into this, this particular space? 
Um, into the wedding space. My origin story is very weird. So I actually started planning weddings when I was five. It's been my life thing. Uh, because of all of that experience, when I grew up as an adult, I'll say I was 17. I won't put an age on it. Some around there. Um, I figured out that uh, couples, majority of couples couldn't pl pay wedding planners. And so I had a bunch of experience, a bunch of people who wanted to work with me, but couldn't afford it. So I tried to figure out a way to work with everyone and Fetfully is that solution. So it's pretty much combining my passion for helping people celebrate life's most special moments with my love for technology. Nice, nice, nice. Don, I want to kick it to you. Yeah, I mean, I uh, was pretty fortunate, uh, Joey. Uh, before starting this business, I worked at Microsoft and IBM. And my position at Microsoft and IBM was to lead new uh, or lead executives through new and emerging technologies, things that were going to happen over the next five to 10 years. And so in 2016, uh, I started really understanding the landscape around Internet of Things, along with artificial intelligence just started doing my research in that. And so started seeing some trends at some of the accounts that I was working for at Microsoft and basically decided at that point that uh, as opposed to sitting by and seeing another cloud computing craze come or another internet craze come, I wanted to jump on the bandwagon myself. So I pretty much left the corporate world um, and, you know, just, just kind of went all in on, on this. And it's been a long four years, but uh, yeah, it kind of gave me the vision um, to, to proceed in this direction. So instead of telling others, I just wanted to do it myself. Nice, nice, nice. Dennis, I want to kick it to you for your, your origin story. Let me, let me bring myself off of mute here then. Uh, man, uh, so I started my career in the Navy uh, as a systems engineer, setting up ship to shore, ship to ship communications, uh, all that fun stuff. But uh, before that, I grew up in uh, very much low-income public housing in Monroe, Louisiana. Uh, and so we didn't have banks in my neighborhood or credit unions. Uh, we had several liquor stores that would cash your checks for 20, 30 percent of whatever your check was. And so even at seven, eight years old, I knew that was bad math. And so you fast forward when I went to the Navy walked outside the base after boot camp, there's all these buy here, pay here car lots, these rent to own furniture stores and uh, with these high interest rates. And it just hit me in that moment, all these predatory lenders are targeting every demographic I've been a part of, which is low income, minority and military veterans. And so that's what planted the seed, you know, a couple of decades ago, at least, you know, that if and when I had the time and resources to chip away at this issue, uh, so that people can get fair and equitable access to capital uh, without paying a 400% interest rate that I would. So, you know, that's sort of, and then I you know, moved to Dallas, went to SMU, all that fun stuff. And uh, first job out of undergrad was with IBM, building e-commerce platforms before I started my own boutique M&A advisory firm that I ran for several years uh, before exiting that company to PwC. And so and I led their M&A practice for four years as part of my earnout. And so the last three years has been all about Zertue and, uh, you know, going back to that origin story, you know, in terms of the why, you know, that's really what's driving, you know, our mission to drive financial inclusion one relationship at a time. So. Nice, nice, nice. Nate, Nate I want to kick it over to, to you for your, your origin story. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I was uh, I'm born and raised in Dallas, Texas. Um, and you know, I think that really uh, kind of sets the stage for, you know, what I'm working on now with you know, Morning Tea, which is really just a business that is dedicated to try to making cities a better place to live through culture, hospitality, and real estate. Um, you know, as Joey knows, I spent a fair amount of time in Atlanta uh, for about, I guess, eight years plus school, uh, helping to build a business there, uh, which really kind of informed a lot of insights of, you know, how to try to, you know, work with different stakeholders and try to make um, uh, cities more equitable and, and, you know, better places to live, especially for, for, for people of color. Um, but much, much of that is informed by, you know, my experiences, you know, being, you know, from Dallas and, you know, building here. Nice. And, and so, and Nate, I mean, you were, you were at Morehouse, right? Yeah, I was, yeah. I feel like we met either you were still in school, you had just graduated. Yeah, it was very early. It might have been, uh, I don't know if this was the case, but I feel like it was Platform Summit, maybe, back in the day, yeah. 2013 yeah. or so at Morehouse, yeah. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah, man. Yeah, I've, I've watched. I've watched this guy. I was gonna call him kid for a second, but like, back when we were early days of building ecosystems and stuff like that. So I, I want to kick it to a few uh, new founders. So, so Rihanna, want to come to you for a quick intro. So, you know, name, name of the company, description about you know what you you know what the company is and where you're checking in from, and then also a little bit of your origin story. Yeah, absolutely. Well, welcome from I'm I'm in the middle of renovations right now. So y'all are the first to see the kitchen in this state. But um, no, thank you so much for for having me. I uh, know a lot of y'all sort of become buddies with y'all since I first pitched um, and moved my company to Austin, uh, Journey Foods to Austin from Chicago. Uh, We were sort of doing like a diamond life and people are like, what's that? But um, I was just hiring team members in Chicago, New York, Austin, and LA, and sort of flying uh, this sort of diamond, this sort of diamond track throughout the country to try to get the best talent. And right at the beginning of COVID, um, our investor count accelerated. And I just knew that like the future somehow with recruiting talent, quality of living, uh, scale, some of our customer base was, was going to look pretty great. Uh, moving everything to Austin. And uh, my company, Journey Foods, we're a software uh, company. We uh, offer cost, nutrition, and sustainability data to some of the world's biggest food companies and beverage companies. We also uh, service uh, wonderful, fast-growing food startups that are run um, by founders that look just like us as well as we try to accelerate the impact in getting more uh, food companies run by minorities uh, that are national at national scale. Um, I have been in the food industry and food tech for more than a decade now. Spent time at the White House and Google um, between the Bay and Chicago and, and DC. And um, my favorite place to build a company is is in Texas. And um, I'm happy and thrilled to, to share what we've been doing and how we've been scaling over the past couple of years as well. Nice, nice, nice. And, and Derek. Yeah. Good afternoon. I want to make sure you guys can hear me without any feedback because I was yeah. getting an incredible amount. Are we good? Yeah, you're good. Wonderful. Derek Miles, I'm the founder and CEO of CoreMed. 
you know, when we started the company, we were actually a concierge delivery of prescriptions company uh, many, many years ago. But we learned that that business was you know, very low margin. And because of the pandemic, we've actually pivoted into delivering, you know, I would say healthcare products and services. So think at the beginning, again, when you think of a product, it could be a prescription. It can be a high in vitamin, PPE, CBD oil. Uh, again, that's super low margins. So we just didn't see that as a path to becoming a, a unicorn. Um, by partnering up with companies like Microsoft and Google and Amazon behind the scenes, we learned that we could expand our verticals into services. So when the pandemic hit, we started delivering vaccines and uh, monoclonal antibodies. So I'm a big CNBC watcher. And today that's all they were talking about was monoclonal antibodies that uh, people can get to avoid being hospitalized or even death of COVID-19. So this Omicron variant, um, they're saying vaccines may not work that well with it, but the monoclonal antibodies does not work in the same way. So I think it was a some type of inhibitor that the vaccines try to uh, attack, where the um, monoclonal antibodies don't don't act that way. So with a monoclonal antibody, you you can actually survive and and not be hospitalized. I'm originally from Florida, so we've actually just opened up our second regional headquarters in Miami. The reason that we did that is Miami is a clear leader when it comes to concierge healthcare. Uh, companies like Baptist, South Florida are already putting uh, telehealth, telemedicine uh, apparatuses into luxury homes and condos. So CoreMed can bolt onto that. So if I had to explain our company today, we're a concierge healthcare and wellness company. So for those who may not understand concierge medicine, concierge medicine is where an individual pays a particular fee. It can be a yearly fee. It can be a monthly fee to have 24-hour access to a physician. But with concierge healthcare, we actually bolt on, right? So now you get a concierge nurse, you get a concierge pharmacy, and then you get core med with the concierge delivery of healthcare uh, products and services. So now it's an end-to-end concierge experience for healthcare. We truly believe that it's the future and we're leading the way. Awesome. 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 And so I want to kind of shift the conversation into what it's like to build, you know, companies or be within the ecosystem in particular markets in, in, in Texas. And first, I want to start with, with, with Dallas and it was a little bit of assumption that these ecosystems are different. So Dallas is different than Austin. That's an assumption. Um, and but that being said, maybe it's all as Texas is the same. So I want you all to kind of describe what it's like for these cities. Before we do that, again, we're raising money for Goody Nation. Uh, if you if the, if you if you think one, we're doing awesome work, and you want to support our our ability to help founders moving forward, um, please can, can please consider donating by texting Good Stories to seventy seventy seventy. And want to give a quick shout out to some recent donors, Diana Kaplinger, uh, just just contributed as well from Truist. She's already asking for a list of founders. Like, yo, we want to send it to the to the venture team at Truist. There, I want to give a shout out. Alfred Dixon, and then also a huge shout out to Cynthia Curry from the Metro Atlanta Chamber. Okay, so let's get back into this thing. Let's talk a little bit about Dallas first, if you all are okay with it. Um, You know, again, Goody Nation is based in Atlanta. We have founders from 20 different states and also three other countries besides the U.S. I'm an ecosystem developer, mostly doing work uh, in terms of ecosystem development in, in Atlanta for founders of color and those in the social impact space. 
So what is it like, you know, building and being involved in the ecosystem? And I'll start with Gigi. Um, in Dallas, I mean, I've been to be clear, I've been super, I said it before, I've been super impressed by the founders from Texas, like, like straight up I, I, behind the scenes. And I guess technically this is public, you know, behind the scenes to the, to the folks in Atlanta, I'm like, yo, y'all, <laughs> listen, <laughs> these folks from Texas, they're doing their thing now. I mean, Atlanta gets, gets getting, it's getting a lot of shine the last few years, but people sleeping on Texas. Um, so DJ, I want to kick it to you. What's it like, you know, kind of building a, a, a company there? It is hard, but I think it's hard everywhere. Um, I will say our ecosystem is very supportive. Um, one thing I moved back, to, I'm from Dallas, but I moved back to Dallas maybe three or four years ago and decided, okay, this is where I want to build this business. And immediately you have people like Courtney Caldwell, who, oh, you're building a business, let me help you. I can call her, email her whenever. I would say the ecosystem here is extremely supportive, but it's also very green. I learned that too when I moved to Dallas. There aren't a lot of founders who do look like me, whereas Atlanta, there are a lot of people who look like me who are doing amazing things. In Dallas, you may walk into the room and be like the only face that looks like yours in the room. And people don't really know how to react to that. They don't really know what to say. They don't know how to be supportive and they don't know how to understand sometimes. And so that's really why I decided to be here because I was like, I have to show them that it can be done by someone who looks like me. And so the ecosystem here, all the founders who look like us, extremely supportive, um, extremely helpful, but I think it's still green in the impact that founders can make in Dallas. And I think we were making amazing strides and then COVID hit, so we were all had to kind of be in the house. And so I'm excited to see um, how things are going to grow and continue to grow once we are back out there. But the biggest thing I can say about Dallas is support, resources it's all here there are amazing founders doing amazing things and they are not shy about throwing you in an email chain throwing you in front of mm. investors you aren't ready to talk to they're mm. going to push you out there i'm going to call out craig lewis and courtney caldwell they're going to push you out there they're going to be supportive but that is the ecosystem here in dallas interesting i want to i'm going to come back to something like that i want to see if it kind of plays out so dennis i'm going to come to you next yeah, I mean, I would echo all of that, you know, because I, I think there's a genuine interest in what I what I would probably better describe as a spirit of everyone wanting to see each other be successful. And I think that plays out in our day to day. So there's no no one on this panel. I can't pick up the phone and call and get some meaningful time with them. Right. And get some meaningful uh, help from them, right, and vice and vice versa, and so you know, uh, and I think that's something that we all kind of find comfort in because you know this is our sort of tribe, if you will, and we're all kind of dealing with the same challenges and opportunities for that matter, right? So I think it's just as important to share opportunities with each other as it is to share issues and challenges and concerns. And so I think that's what you get, you know, uh, you know, and and I think, you know, I don't even look at it as a Dallas versus Austin versus Houston thing, because, I mean, we get love all over Texas. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think as uh, black founders, we we have to be intentional about what we're doing and what I see uh, and what I'm encouraged by 
is that intentionality that I see from each of these founders, including the ones that are not on this panel, whether, you know, you're talking about uh, a Canaries, Gigway, Share Share, and all those guys. I mean, everyone's being very intentional about what they're doing in their own space. And we're always, you know, quietly looking out for opportunities and ways to help each other and support each other. So, so for me, I think that's how you get to a place of success. And we're going to start to see a lot of companies out of Texas, to your point, Joey, start to not just show up, but show out and, you know, do things that are really big on a global scale. And so that's what I'm looking forward to, just seeing that and just being part of this ecosystem. So. Nice, nice. Derek, what, what do you think? Yeah, I want to piggyback on both of all those comments. I want to go a little bit more personal. Um, Dennis, by having conversations with Dennis, Dennis put me on the phone with some investors. I'll talk to some investors who invested in Dennis's company. He felt uh, comfortable enough to send them my way, and I had discussions with them. Uh, you talked about Shearshare. Shearshare has free office space because uh, they're in McKinney, like Cormet is in McKinney, and we received a, a grant to get uh, free office space for, like I think, three years. And then we were able to recommend Shearshare. So the space that Shearshare is in that's uh, complimenting for the next three years is because of those uh, conversations. Uh, so I think Dallas is a wonderful place to, to start a startup, even if you're outside of the, I would say, city limits like we are in McKinney, because uh, McKinney has everything that you would have in the Dallas uh, proper, but we just don't have the sports, right? So they, they have the, the Mavericks and the stars that they get to participate in, but outside of uh, sports, everything is here in mm -hmm. McKinney. Last thing I want to mention is the world's most profitable company or has the highest market cap has its second largest headquarters here in DFW and that's Microsoft. So that's been very uh, influential for CoreMed being able to have access to those decision makers to help us grow our company. Nice, nice. What and, and, you know, again, Nate? You've been in in multiple ecosystems. I mean, what, what what's it like in, in Dallas for you? Yeah, you know, uh, it's my hometown, right? So uh, I uh, I don't know. I've got some some thoughts that are I think more critical, and then I've got some thoughts that are uh, in line with what everyone said. You know, I, I've always known Dallas to be an entrepreneur's town. You know, it's a place where people are big dreamers and they get it accomplished. You know. I mean, I think the the, the history of, of our city and the folks that have, you know, done a great job here are, are super supportive, uh, as is reflected, as, as everyone said. Uh, you know, I agree, Gigi, is that, is, was that correct? Okay, cool. I agree with Gigi's remarks that, you know, the, the ecosystem is, you know, still young, in my opinion, in respect to, you know, in Atlanta and, and certainly, you know, more developed ecosystems. Um you know, I, I only say this because I, I've I've been gone for quite a while and just moved back during during the pandemic, and I, I found it's a little difficult to get you know plugged into some of those places, right? So, you know, uh, those kind of central you know gathering spaces, if you will, right, where there are a number of you know founders that are connected, uh, you know, organized by, by kind of a central ecosystem, which I think used to be kind of a, a capital factory. It's been more difficult to connect into those spaces, but every time you do see a founder, especially a founder of color, uh, it's all love. I mean, it's uh, whatever you ask for, it's done, and it's done, you know, almost immediately. 
Um, and, and it's so great to be, you know, on this, uh, you know, call fundraiser with, with so many different, you know, founders of color because it's hard to see sometimes in, in Dallas. Um, and the resources are there, the people are there, the talents here. I mean, the city is growing by leaps and bounds. I'm sure we'll talk about that in, in quite a bit. Um, but, um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a great place to build a business. Um, and, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so so before we go to Austin, you know, here's what I've observed about the folks in Dallas and, and Gigi, and, you know, going back to some of your comments, it seems like as it relates to Atlanta, you all have less diverse, or I should say in this case, black founders, but the founders that I've seen from Dallas are further along. In, I've seen more founders in, in Dallas further along than Atlanta. So Atlanta, you, you got Paul Judge, you got Jewel, you got Tote with Callan, you got George and Lee Square, and they're like way up here, right? But then, you know, you all represent the ones that are, you know, kind of the next stage and have the potential to get to that level. But Atlanta, there's kind of like almost like a void at this point. You know, you got people at the earlier stages, but haven't made it to kind of where you all are. So I think it's interesting in Atlanta, we have seemingly more black founders, but you all, despite having lower numbers, are further along in terms of some of your companies. So it's again, it's just it's interesting, and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of go back to that in a second. But I want to go over it to Austin a little bit, um, kick it over to to Don for for what it's like, you know, building a, a company, you know, where you are. Yeah, I kind of had the best of both worlds because I'm actually from Dallas, went to University of North Texas, then moved to Austin uh, about nine years ago uh, to work in in tech. And so the one thing, Joey, that I'll say is like the whole ecosystem here was just way different five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Austin was at the point to where we're starting to become uh, really deep, heavy in the tech. Uh, you know, as Nate said, you know, Capital Factory was here. So you had a you know, you had some kind of ecosystem building that was bigger than just the black ecosystem, black founder ecosystem. But the one thing that I'm uh, actually happy to see is like over the last couple of years, you've had other founders like Rihanna, uh, you had Harold on earlier that are moving to Austin. And I think it comes down to the fact that, you know, uh, it's not where you are, it's kind of where you can find the resources. And so when you're in a place to where, you know, you can go find programmers, you can go find business analysts, you can go find all these people that can help you to build a business, that makes it a lot more attractive, right? And so I think um, just specifically, Specifically here in Austin, for me, having access to the resources and knowing that, you know, it's not seven degrees of separation here, but it's three degrees of separation. I mean, I haven't seen Rihanna in a couple of weeks, but I'm sure I'll see her again. And then you can start bouncing off ideas. I think that really helps in a lot of different respects, not only from the resources, but it helps to you to understand that you're just not alone in the journey, too. And you kind of become more close, close knit. So. Yeah, I think overall the ecosystem here in Austin uh, is changing dramatically. I think we'll have more founders coming in here, and that's something that I'm excited to see going forward. Nice, 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 nice. Rihanna, I know you kind of alluded to some of this earlier, but, you know, Transplant, you know, what's it like been been building, you know, a company in Dallas, especially recently? I'm sorry, no, no, Austin. Yeah, yeah, in Austin. No, I mean, oh, it's been great to to run into Don, you know, here and there, especially over the summer. Um, and other founders, I mean, we have – really strong like sort of Austin group chats um, and we're trying to meet up, like have dinners together, talk about different web three hacks, just like put everybody on so we can all win. 
Um, and that's that's been great about the community. Austin um, is not as diverse as other parts uh, or other big cities in the, in the state. You know, Houston and Dallas have a lot more, like a lot larger black population and they have a lot more flights coming in and out of there. Uh, and so it's not the first stop for black people out of state. You know, they're if they're coming from Chicago or other places, they're going to um, Dallas or Houston. One thing that's been quite interesting is like seeing black talent on the tech side come from the Bay and LA and sort of like infuse the same energy. Um, for me though, I just love, I mean, I still run a almost 20 person remote first company, right? Mm-hmm. We got people in three different continents a quarter of our people now, soon to be a third, will be based in Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just go to the office two, three times a week. But what I'm most excited about is like the energy that's bubbling up around the city, you know, like giving people access to like knowledge transfer. And, you know, soon we'll have South by Southwest again. And, you know, some people just dip for Art Basel. But, you know, it's, it's happening. Like you can feel the energy building up. And I, I love that. I also feel like, one thing that you see in the middle of the country that you don't see um, on the coast, and Joey, I, 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 I'm still open to seeing data on this. I know that there's some very successful entrepreneurs in Atlanta. I think we look at like who's raised the most money or who has a bigger team or who gets the most press, but there are a lot of people that are building like high revenue companies with like high margins that are not raising money that don't have a lot of press that are building in in texas that are building in atlanta as well and i want to make sure that we continue to highlight them i'm super grateful to be on this platform and talk about that but there are there are entrepreneurs that i work with and see all the time here in austin that are building some like really dope companies that don't have the same backings or you know, press junkets as like Capital Factory and some of the other investors that come through. I hope we can figure out a way to highlight them more. Um, but what? But the resources that we are getting from places like Capital Factory and connections like Google Fund and other things, I mean, that's tr- tremendous. It doesn't matter how strong our businesses are performing. Like we still are getting less dollar. We still have to fight for like bigger contracts, more investment, um, hiring better team members because we show up as a, a black founder here in this country. And so I do appreciate, um, you know, getting nations and, and the capital factories and, and, and they're spotlighting Austin. And that feels great right now. No, I love it. I love it. There, there's a few things I actually want to, want to, want to hone in on. Uh, I, I think I actually want to focus the, the next conversation, the part of the conversation on, what you allude to the impact of, of recent transplants from like California to the Texas startup ecosystem. I don't know if you're seeing that in Dallas as well. I kind of heard that earlier in the summer, but I just, I I don't know if you all are seeing it, but a few things. One, uh, I think in many cases, a lot of, you know, people in tech, they're, they're the majority of their experience with Texas is Austin because of South by like people, roll into Austin for a South by they roll out and then they may not again in the tech space they may not come into Texas for anything else I mean which is a travesty in itself but I'm just saying like it's a it's an interesting kind of experience with the with the tech startup ecosystem I mean and the reality is that's my experience like I haven't been which again is sad it's actually I'm sorry I went to my cousin 
went to law school, Texas Southern. And so I went to her graduation. That's the only time I've been in Texas aside from, aside from South by sad. And I'll talk about changing that next year. Um, but that's, that's my experience. And so, you know, that being said, like, we'd we'll love to learn about the influence of, of what you said, like, like recent transplants, I'm assuming from California, maybe even from New York and stuff like that during the pandemic, how has that impacted ecosystems in, in Texas? And, and, you know, we can start with Austin and then I'd love to hear, you know, Dallas, if you all are seeing the same thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in and make some comments on that, Joey, because I've been in Austin for a while now. Uh, you know, I think the precipitous to this was South by Southwest. Everybody knew Austin through South by Southwest. There was a huge tech component along with the music component, uh, which really helped to draw individuals here. And I think it's kind of been like one of those effects that you've seen gain steam. I mean, over this past year, I would have never thought that Tesla would have announced that they were building the headquarters here. Or, you know, Boring Company was moving here. One of my one of my uh, good advisors is at Boring Company now. And, and you start looking at, at what's happening here specifically in Austin. It goes back to what I said earlier. It's just one of those things that gives you uh, additional resources in terms of being in a community that you might not have in other places. So as far as like uh, the people moving to Austin and, and moving from all these other places like California, um, it's kind of like a good and bad, right? So if you live here, the real estate prices are starting to jump. My house is dang near doubled in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then, you know, if you're adding team, you're going to have to pay a little bit more for those individuals that are moving here. But, you know, there is a lot of top talent that's also moving here too. And I think I saw an article earlier today where they were seeing that, you know, and Austin is one of the top cities as far as getting promotions and, and, and stuff. And that's due to the tech scene. So, you know, it's kind of like the good and the bad of this, but you just got to embrace it and keep moving forward. Mm, I love it. I love it. I mean, and by the way, Courtney Caldwell, I know y'all shouting her out earlier. She's in the comments, you know, agreeing with everything you're saying. Um, Rian, do you want to expound a little bit more on some of your, your, your thoughts on, you know, talent coming into, into Austin? I mean, it, it's great. You get, um, it's just about the knowledge transfer, right? Like I can go to a dinner and talk about like the future of commerce, right? Mm. Pretty easily. And that's something that gives like a founder a leg up on like how they should build, how the industry might change, what pivots um, they may consider. Um, and that's why I think so many founders can go to New York or, or the Bay and have like quicker success, not just because of the VC ecosystem is less risk averse there, but you're just learning faster and, you know, mentioning Courtney or other folks. I mean, you get this also with like group chats, but it's not the same uh, feeling from uh, getting a a ping on like a grant opportunity or investor intro that you may get with like just having a chill conversation at 5 PM one day. I think I've had some good conversations with Don over the past few months, just like seeing him rolling up and you see some VPs from Google sitting at, you know, a table and you just start chatting about different things. And so I think that's awesome. Um, I would say the only drawback is like, it's getting more competitive. So like hiring here, living here is like becoming insane in the past six months. You have to start thinking about like paying people, you know, almost LA, San Francisco salaries to live here, especially when the average house is, um, gonna be six hundred thousand dollars soon so it's it's pretty crazy 
Mm. But, um, you know, if you can get in still now and, and figure out ways to, to balance, I think I think it's a great opportunity to move to Texas. Nice, nice, nice. Dallas folks, I mean, are, are y'all, and I know pandemic, so maybe it's difficult to kind of meet people and stuff like that. Have y'all heard or and or met people that are moving from cities? Are, are y'all seeing similar things or is, it, is this, this an Austin thing? Yeah, I could chime in here uh, and then let Gigi and Derek chime in, of course. But I think it's I think we're seeing it in Dallas, but we're seeing it for different reasons. At least this is sort of my perspective. Uh, you know, I think people move to Austin more so for the startup reasons in terms of like coming out of California. I mean, Austin has that climate that's very similar to a California uh, and, uh, you know, it just fits, right? And it works. Uh, and as Brianna said, I mean, they're busting at the seams. So now everything's going up and Don mentioned this too, housing prices. I can't afford to move to Austin right now, right? Because housing is just so expensive. So, which is a good problem to have, but, you know, I don't know if I ever want Dallas to be to that point. And so I say that to say people, companies, are moving into Dallas, sort of transferring their entire companies here, whether you're talking about Toyota and other people. So people are coming into Dallas for, for different reasons. They're coming into Dallas to be an employee by transferring out of California into, into Dallas versus in, in, in Austin. It's really more about that startup ecosystem that it just continues to feed over and over. And so I think the reasons are different, but I also think that's why, you know, Dallas is somewhat, you know, if I look at pros and cons, a little bit more attractive to me because you have 50 of the Fortune 500 companies with their headquarters right here. And guess what? I can go meet with the CEO or whoever, CXO, and get them to partner up with Zertu, which is what we do every day, right? Mm -hmm. And so that is a huge advantage, not just for Zertu, but for any startup that's looking for customers, enterprise partners, right in your backyard, uh, you know, whereas, you know, I mean, so for me, I prefer that type of environment to just build a business. Uh, and I can still hire people at decent salaries and things like that. But guess what? I'm looking for people all over. And it's hard to find people not just in Texas that are going to come in at a fair and equitable salary. I'm hiring people out of Alabama, wherever I can find them that that have the skill sets, uh, but don't require these sort of uh, nosebleed salaries that I can't afford to pay on a startup you know, budget. So, you know, I, I think we just have to make it all work. You know, and those are the things that we all talk about amongst ourselves and try to figure out how we can scale our business without going broke paying salaries. So mm, I love it. I love it. Anybody else want to chime in? Um, I think I agree with everything Dennis was saying about the companies coming and being employees. But I think another cool thing that I've noticed about Dallas and the ecosystem and when it comes to like transplants from the West Coast, we are getting companies, but the founders and the people in our ecosystem here, they are leaving and then they bring the resources back here. And so although we aren't getting a lot of like the talent and we are getting some um a lot of people will go. And so we kind of feel like we have everything that uh, LA has, a Silicon Valley has, because I can go to Silicon Valley and 
somebody, one of the founders here is going to know. I took a trip to Silicon Valley and Craig and showed me like 35 people in five minutes. And so all of those resources that he has out there, he's bringing it back. And he taught me to do that. So now I pay it forward. So it's a little bit different in Austin as far as we're not having the people who are kind of flooding us, but we have the companies and we're having the resources because we're taking trips and bringing it back. So while the people aren't coming, we're going to get the resources and we're bringing it here to Dallas and sharing it with our community. Nice, nice. I don't know, Derek or Nate, do you have any thoughts on it? Yeah, Dennis nailed it. Uh, very similar to, to Zertu, Corman has a, a vertical where we work with a lot of corporations where individual employees don't have to leave work during lunch or uh, when they get off to go get their healthcare products, they can, they can get them delivered right to their desk at work. So Dallas works for us as having that, you know, I think Dallas is number two in the country with the most Fortune 500 company headquarters. So that works for us on our B2B business. On our B2C business, and uh, shout out to Rihanna, a bunch of stuff we got going on for our basil in Miami. Totally different. Not very many corporations in Miami, just a lot of individual wealth. So we we deliver more B2C in that market. But uh, Dennis is right on. B2B here with corporations, you can't go wrong with DFW. Mm, love it. Yeah, nice. I, I agree. You know, uh, Austin is is a super special uh, place. I spent the last two years there uh, in business school, actually, and uh, working in, in venture as well. And uh, you know, there's something special about the ecosystem there, and like you know, the history of the city having you know institutions like University of Texas and Dale that have been there, you know, since the you know the 80s, and just the uh, the, the different generations of, of technology leaders in there uh, and, and the foundation of what those people contribute to the city. Uh, but, you know, similarly on, on the Dallas side, you know, I mean, everyone touched on it. I mean, that, that's a huge selling point for us is that we have a ton of Fortune 500 companies and uh, there's a huge opportunity um, for, for all those folks to be building and investing in their kind of corporate innovation practices. Uh, and to continue to invest down, um, you know, their pipelines into, you know, entrepreneurs and to, and to continue to build the, the ecosystem in the city. So, uh, you know, much agree. I mean, Texas is growing fast and, and for a good reason. Nice. nice, nice. This, I'm, I want to stay on Dallas for a second for this next part and I'll go to, to Austin. Dennis, I'm going to start with you on predictions about what happens next in 22, maybe even 23. So we're coming out of the pandemic. Fingers crossed, variants on all kind of other stuff. From an ecosystem perspective, what do you see, especially for diverse founders in Dallas? What do you what do, what what are some predictions you have about what's going to happen in, in in the city um, next year? I'll take this one. I'll start with this one. Okay, only because I was talking to one of the reporters recently from D Magazine about uh, Dallas in the future, especially when it comes to minority founders. So. When it comes to CoreMed, believe it or not, we don't have any institutional investors. We've decided to shy away from that. So we just have friends and family, and then we just have corporate investors, right? And that corporate investment is non-dilutive capital. So instead of having people you know, taking from your, your cap table, you can have a true partner. As I mentioned before, Microsoft is our largest investor now. And I don't know if people know about this, but uh, when, when Apple was about to go out of business. It was Microsoft who gave them a loan and saved them. Now they're you know, a major competitor. So if, if Microsoft likes you and they see a, an opportunity to create revenue together, they'll give you a loan up until 
you know, as many millions or billions if necessary. So I, I just read a book by um, Michael Dell. So Michael Dell was taking his company private. Microsoft offered him a $2 billion loan. So it's nothing new. We just didn't know about it. So we've been fortunate to utilize those resources for Microsoft. Right. So what I have been requesting is that Dallas becomes the non-dilutive capital of capital. Mm. So if Dallas wants to be known mm. for anything, if we want to bring in minority founders, they could come to Dallas and take advantage of getting non-dilutive capital to grow their companies. I love it. I love it. Remind me to connect you with uh, the people actually uh, from the, one of the previous panels, uh, Bobby Gilbert from uh, from Fund Story, actually a Black Founders Fund two recipient, based here in Atlanta, focused on um, non-dilutive capital. Um, yeah, anybody else from Dallas have any yeah. thoughts? I mean, predictions for next year? What's going to happen? Yeah, I, I, I think just to add to what Derek said, two things. A, so my prediction is Dallas. I mean, Texas in general has just been a sleeping giant in terms of the whole startup scene. And, and so now that you have black founders, people of color and women, you know, starting companies at record numbers. And obviously a lot of those are coming out of Texas, just given the population. Right. And so I think it's going to be uh, something that, you know, we're going to start to see the ecosystem start to feed, feed that progress. And so I do see corporations taking on a bigger role in uh, startups uh, and founders and people of color in 2022 and beyond. Uh, very, very much so, Joy, like you guys have had for a decade plus in Atlanta, right? And what I've noticed about the Atlanta ecosystem is that all the major corporations in that ecosystem are very much committed to the success of the startups that come out of Atlanta. You haven't, and so I think in Dallas, Austin, and Houston, for that matter, that hasn't really started on the level that you guys have seen it. So I think that's a huge and missed opportunity that I think we're going to solve for in 2022. Uh, that's my prediction. Uh, but I will say, going back to Derek's point about the fundraising piece of it, we were very intentional at Zertu about sort of raising the majority, especially all the early part of our money, uh, seed capital out from Texas. So pretty much, you know, our, out of our, you know, out of the 6 million in seed that we've raised, 4 million of that has come out of Texas, mm. right? And so, and, and by the way, half of those investors are people of color. So, mm. what, so what I'm doing is I'm being very intentional about who I allow on the cap table as well, because I do think there's a bigger story to be told here later at some point. Uh, but but for now, we're just going to continue to execute and deliver on what we said we're going to do. But uh, yeah, so that's my prediction. So. Nice, 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 nice. Uh, Gigi? I am not so going to say a prediction of something that I'm going to throw in the universe and say that it's going to happen. Uh, I... And predicting and saying that Dallas is going to be more supportive of B2C companies. Mm. We are a place for B2B companies to thrive. And founders who are building B2C businesses, we have to go to California. We have to go somewhere else. But there are so many dope ideas here. And my second part is those dope ideas are coming from people who don't have the background and the backgrounds and the connections and the relationships of people who get funding and people who know what to say, people who know 
how to even put a pitch deck together, not to send an NDA in the first email, people who don't know those things. So I'm going to predict that we're not only going to be more supportive of those types of companies, but founders who don't necessarily have the knowledge, but share an experience with millions of people on the earth who don't have the knowledge and experience that teach them and for them to know how to correctly communicate their business to investors. We need to, and we are going to be more supportive of those types of companies and those types of founders. Hmm. I love it. I love it. And, and I know Nate, you just, you just kind of came back during the pandemic, but, but any thoughts on, on any predictions for your own hometown? Yeah. You know, uh, I, I do think uh, the city uh, it is right for an opportunity. It, it will probably happen sometime very soon. If not, uh, you know, in the next year, the year after, you know, uh, I know we had kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but, you know, Dallas is obviously one of the fastest growing cities and uh, uh, kind of I think where the, the hub of the resources are a little slightly north of the city in places like Plano and McKinney and Frisco. You know, those have been some of the fastest growing cities in the country over the past, um, you know, decade uh, from, from the census report of something like 70 net new residents uh, to those three cities. Uh, a day, uh, which is crazy. And, you know, that cultural exchange uh, from other cities uh, to those cities, uh, I think is a really powerful tool that uh, the city is is just now starting to step into. Um, I think when you think about folks that are leaving from in LA, San Francisco, New York, wherever, and, you know, have much tighter budgets, then move to a place like Dallas, the DFW Metroplex, it just spurs, uh, you know, more risk that folks can take because they have a higher budget, more things that they can spend uh, cash on, more uh, just risk they can take inside of their businesses. And I think it's only a matter of, t- uh, an amount, uh, a matter of time before folks begin to connect themselves together and uh, start to really uh, plug into uh, some of these larger, uh, you know, corporates that are around that, you uh, you know, it's a part of their their growth and their strategy to, to be able to invest uh, in founders of color uh, here, especially those that are, that are in their locale. Um, so something is going to happen very soon. I think we all know that, which is why we're building here. So, uh, yeah. There it is. There it is. So, Don, I want to kick it to you, you to talk about Austin. I mean, you know, what do you think is going to ha- happen in, in, in Austin in 2022 for especially for diverse founders? Well, uh, I'll just say, man, things are always bigger and better in Texas, right? So, <laughs> as far as uh, as far as the the, the diverse founders, uh, I'll just say this: my my prediction is that uh, you're going to see uh, more founders become close knit, even though the world is a bigger place, right? I saw, uh, you know, Dennis in Atlanta, and now I'm seeing these familiar faces, and so you know, I think the power is in the numbers, right? And so even though we're in Texas and we're kind of further away from the whole Atlanta ecosystem, it is easier if I needed to get in contact with the Derek or if I need to get in contact with Dennis or Gigi or some of these other individuals. Right. It's it's the three degrees of separation. Uh, But I think the one thing that's really more important for anybody out there that's listening is uh, and and what I predict is you still got to just build something that's special. Like you got to have a change the world mentality. You got to go out there and you got to think big. And so, you know, your your barometer and like your circumference and, and all of these things are only as big as your mind is. Because, you know, whether it's me participating in an accelerator and 
uh, based out of Stanford, like I did last year, or going to a venture Atlanta to where I could, ex- it, you know, get more exposure to that ecosystem or going to Miami, as Derek had mentioned. I think, you know, just being able to take little nuggets of what everybody else is doing from the cross section around the uh, black founder ecosystem, it helps you, it makes you better. And it also really helps from keeping you isolated. So I think that, you know, the things that you guys have been doing, Joey, along with, you know, just having these kind of meetups and, you know, like I said earlier about the ecosystem in Austin being come, coming closer with me being able to see Oriana. I saw her when she was in Chicago. I think it helps all of us. So I think we're going to be helping more founders through some of the things that you guys have been doing. And I think, hey, at the end of the day, I'm trying to win like everybody else is. And I think that's the mentality you got to have. Think big and win. Nice, 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 nice. And so, Don, I'm, I'm gonna kick it. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep it with you for a second. But before I do that, in, in terms of just, just the like the 30 second, like you know, what's next for you, and also how can people get in contact? But before that, want to let everyone kind of know what one of some some of the things that we're working on for 22, right? And so, we're starting to plan more in person programming. Hence, one of the reasons why we're doing Giving Tuesday today. Um, and we're thinking about doing what we call like a Goody Nation house. So having founder, like 40, 50 founders, experts or investors, corporate partners and stuff like that all work out of one location for a day. And, um, you know, you know, you, you work, we've, we've actually done this in Atlanta before you have your own space and you work out of a, like kind of your own you know desk and table. Um, you could take, you know, phone calls in another kind of conference room or space, or you can meet with people you've already kind of met online you eat lunch together and then we close everything out with like an origin story, storytelling session. And right. And so it's, it's an opportunity to, to take offline, I'm uh, sorry, uh, relationships that started online and then uh, deepen them with offline engagements. And so we're looking at doing the first one in early February in Atlanta, but the second one we are planning for Dallas, maybe early April. So Looking to get in contact with with everyone here, but also folks kind of here on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and so on and so forth and trying to make that thing happen. So we'll be in contact soon. So, again, you know, we'll be in contact on that. So kind of wrapping this thing up, we only got a few more minutes, a 30 second version, kind of lightning, super, super, you know, lightning round, you know, starting with Don and I go to Dennis, um, you know, what's next for you in 22 and how can people get in contact? Yeah, what's next for me is I'm at the point right now where my team is growing. We just got a sizable investment as well. Um, I am consider myself to be a pioneer in the space of precision technology, taking things, connecting those things, collecting information, learning and doing things uh, with things. And so I think this space has a lot of growth ahead of us. I've actually seen some recent um, acquisitions. There was an acquisition a few months back with Panasonic acquired Blue Yonder Software for $7.1 billion. That's in the same space that I'm in. So uh, I've spent four years in this space and I'm going big. Like like uh, Derek said, hey, you got to think like a unicorn. So I think that's that's, that's the high level of, uh, of this for me. Going to wake up, continue to do what I've been doing for the last four years. It's not an easy process, right? But you got to stick with the process. And so this is a journey. It's not a sprint to do this. There it is. There it is. Dennis. Yeah, I think uh, just to add to what Don said, you know, uh, <clears throat> what's next for us is to double down on our mission, which is to drive financial inclusion, one relationship at a time. And how we get there is through 
focusing on that purpose, you know, as well as partnerships. And then last is profits. And we feel like if we take care of the first two, our purpose and partnerships, that the third one will take care of itself. And so that's really kind of what we're sort of building the company and growing the company on. And so we're going to continue to onboard uh, enterprise partners that have a sort of synergy alignment with our mission as well. Uh, you know, whether you're talking about the reliance of the world or, you know, the Reliant Energies or, you know, Duke Energies or Western Unions or Texas Health Resources. So lots of strong synergies between Zertu and the energy space and the healthcare space. So we're going to double down on that and we're going to uh, continue to drive as many payments to those partners as we can. And our goal for 2022 is to process over 300 million in payments. And uh, that and if, if we're at that point or at least, you know, trending toward that point, uh, I feel like we'll be ready to raise a strong Series A at a valuation that everyone can live with. So that's what's next for us. I love it. I love it. I love it. Gigi. Uh, we are getting ready for our relaunch that will happen in February. So that is what's up next for us immediately. But we also have kind of this celebrity piece of Fetfully that makes us magical and special. Um, and so you and everyone else in the world, hopefully will be seeing a lot more of us. And what's next is us becoming a household name. Awesome. How can people get in contact with you? You can get in contact with me with my email. I am going to give it out right now. So everyone watching, write it down. It's gg.magdow at fetfully.com. Or you can go to fetfully.com and just go on our chat and I'll get it there too. Awesome. Awesome. I'm oh, sorry. And Dennis, how can people, um, you know, find out about more about, about Zertu? Uh, obviously Zertu.com. If you want to reach out to me direct, uh, LinkedIn is where I is the only social media that I use personally. Uh, feel free to reach out to me there, or you can email me at decal at Zertu.com. Always happy to talk and connect. Nice. Before we go, uh, uh, Don, did you, did you say how people can get in contact with you or, or at least find the website or something? Yeah, I, I'm the same. You can reach me at LinkedIn.com or Don at Laundress.com to send me a quick note and I'll respond back. Nice, 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 nice. Derek, what are you looking forward to in 22 and how can people you know, yeah. find out more about Cormit? Well, the first thing that we have to do is we have to get our software into the Microsoft uh, store so that it can be downloaded, not just nation, nationwide, but all over the world. We're really excited about that. And then, like Dennis said, a bunch of the partnerships that are going to be announced soon. Uh, one with the addition hotel. So luxury hotels, when you're on site, you don't have to leave for any type of healthcare issue. You can just call 1-833-CORMED and we can address them. Luxury condos, cruise lines. Again, that's why we actually set up our second secondary headquarters in Miami Beach for that particular reason. We just went through a rebrand that we're really excited about. And lastly, we have a partnership with uh, JSX. So everybody on this call, don't ever drive anywhere in Texas anymore. <laughs> not Dallas to Austin, not Austin to Houston. Take JSX. That's one of our new partners. And you can use our code CORMED, C-O-U-R-M-E-D, and you can get a discount on your flights. Semi-private flight, CORMED, JSX. There, oh, there. you can reach me on uh, LinkedIn. That's similar to Dennis, only social media platform that I use. Nice, 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 nice. And now uh, finally, Nate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, like Don said earlier, we're just trying to get wins in 2022. Uh, we've got a few big dates coming up uh, in, in December here uh, in about a month. We're launching 
uh, our first kind of investment in a, a tech enabled hospitality concept with a local chef, Gabriel McVeigh. Uh, then in February and June, we've got two big closes on our first two projects, uh, two real estate projects, um, which I think are going to be really awesome. So uh, feel free to follow along. Uh, the website is morningtea.co. Co. Uh, and if you want to hit me up at all times, always down to chat, catch up. Uh, it's Nate, N-A-T-E, at morningtea.co. Awesome. 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 Well, listen, this has been an amazing conversation. Didn't get a chance to go to, to go to everything, including like, you know, what's it like with uh, being in a big state with multiple large cities and stuff like that, ecosystem. But we'll follow up with another conversation. Again, looking forward to for doing some, some in-person stuff in Dallas and in Austin and stuff like that next year. This has been an amazing conversation, y'all. Um, truly appreciated. Good people keep out there doing your thing. We're super proud of you all. And uh, we'll be in contact soon. Thank you all a ton for coming out. Thank and, you, Joy. Uh, keep it up, man. Great work. Yeah. Appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in to the Wild Relationships Matter podcast by Goody Nation. We hope you enjoyed it. If you were inspired, if you want to make a difference, if you want to close the relationship gap, please follow us at Goody Nation on all social media channels or log on to our website, goodynation.org. Peace.